0: Thank you, WIT listeners. Returning back for the podcast is Christine. And here we have today is Robin Lane, CEO of Transect Inc. Transect Inc. is a SaaS-based software technology platform that automates environmental compliance processes. Robin is a subject matter expert with decades of national experience managing natural resources compliance and permitting projects. Robin served as a field biologist, project manager, division director, and national program manager for local, regional, and national environmental consulting firms. She currently leads TRANSECT and its mission to revolutionize how we consume environmental data now and into the future. Additionally, Robin serves as Secretary of the Board for Isaiah 55 Ministries a nonprofit assisting deaf and marginalized people in Reynosa, Mexico, and secretary of the board of For Her, a nonprofit empowering marginalized women in San Antonio, Texas. Robin has a passion for women in business and uses her leadership and startup experience to mentor female entrepreneurs to start and grow their businesses. She earned a BS in biology with a concentration in ecology, evolution, and behavior, from the University of Texas at Austin and a business certificate from the McComb School of Business. Thank you so much for your time today, Robin. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's go ahead and get started with our questions here. Tell the audience a bit about yourself, where you're from, and your current work and current position.
1: All right. Yeah. So I'm a native Texan. I'm originally from Austin, where I was born and raised. Went to school at the University of Texas, as you said in your very nice intro graduated and started working in the environmental consulting field in Austin um, after that, which is a great place to start doing environmental work because around the Austin and San Antonio area, we've got something like 40 endangered species. We've got a ton of water quality issues. We've got local environmental issues. Um, So really great place um, kind of in the country to cut my teeth in environment. I currently live in San Antonio And I am the CEO of Transect, which takes up a lot of my time, but when I'm not doing that, and uh, let's see, pre-COVID, I loved to tap dance. The studio is closed right now, but dancing has always been a passion of mine, and I really love to garden. That's typically where you can find me on the weekends.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. A tap dancer on the podcast. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a little hard to tap dance over Zoom, so we haven't been doing it since COVID, but I look forward to the studio opening up again someday.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Well, then um, how did you get
1: started in your field? What does your career journey look like? So I had a biology teacher in high school who I loved, and that is, inspired me to go into a STEM field, uh, specifically biology, and specifically bigger than a microscope. So I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. I knew I didn't want to do biochem or anything like that. I'd always love being outside. And so I knew I wanted to do something, something environmental, um, something outside. And so, uh, so I went to UT and got a biology degree. Um, while I was at UT, the last couple years I worked there, I was actually a zookeeper at the Austin Zoo. Um, so that is something I thought I might want to do. But really realized there wasn't a ton of of kind of upward growth in the zookeeping world, kind of rare to find that. So I looked looked elsewhere and um, ended up with a job doing environmental consulting for a small shop in Austin which was awesome because I really had to be a jack of all trades. I mean, I was out, I was doing field work. So I was out in the field with snake guards on and a compass, like looking for, you know, endangered birds and wetlands and archaeological stuff. Um, So I was actually in the field in the Texas heat a lot. Uh, I also started working on actual like permitting work, uh, project management, helping our clients who were often, you know, real estate developers or roadway departments or, um, you know, anybody kind of building anything. What we did as consultants is we would help them kind of identify what environmental issues they had on their project and then kind of help them get whatever permits or mitigation were necessary in order to kind of bring their project to success. So I started doing that and interacting more with our clients. I actually got hired away by one of my clients at the time to start the natural resources division at a regional firm. So I was going to a little bit of a bigger firm and from there that firm was bought out and I became the national program manager for natural resources at a big nationwide consulting firm. I think they're top 16 right now. I did that for a few years, really noticed a lot of the inefficiencies in my industry during that time when I was managing staff kind of all over the country in a bunch of different industries. And that is what inspired me to start Transact. And so for the last five years, I have been CEO and co-founder here at Transact.
0: Wow. You know, that's a great progression of growth. Is there a lesson that you learned from a mentor and how do you apply it every day as as a woman in your field?
1: Yeah. So, you know, so many of the lessons I learned from mentors were about leadership. And I think my favorite lesson that I learned was about fighting for my team. So always important to challenge my team, support my team, give feedback, both good and oftentimes, more importantly, the bad feedback. Um, But the most important lesson I really learned from my previous mentor was to never throw your team under the bus to anyone higher up, either internally or to customers. It feels like an obvious one, but I have a lot of friends who feel like they kind of get thrown under the bus by their boss and things like that. Um, But for me, being a leader, I really learned that and experienced with my mentor that the buck stops with leadership. Now, obviously, not everyone gets a pass, you know, but knowing my boss and my mentor had my back with the outside world really gave me space to experiment and learn from a lot of my mistakes. So I make it my goal to pass that on to my team. And it's an important part of the culture I'm, I'm trying to create here at Transact.
0: Yeah, that's definitely very important. It sounds like you've been in your career journey, I guess, uh, for quite some time now. But during that journey, were there any challenges that you found along the way? And where did you find that strength to pull through?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of little challenges, especially because as a female, um, I was working a lot in the oil and gas industry, which is a heavily mm-hmm. male dominated industry so there were there were certain kind of the day to day challenges of being overlooked and kind of not being I say it like day to day like it's something we should expect and it's normal it's not but right. you know the things you hear of like being overlooked you know thinking that you're there kind of to support the men in the room when really you're the one leading the meeting i've got those things so i know we're going to probably talk a little bit about kind of what it's like to be a, a you know a career woman in these fields so i'll kind of save my proselytizing for for that question but I think founding a startup is like one giant challenge and the biggest challenge I've ever had, um, because I don't have anyone above me to be my backstop. Right? I am. I am it, and and my team is really relying on me. So because we're five years into this tech company um, journey, I can't say I've pulled through quite yet. But two things that help me kind of pull through or keep me going is perseverance and perspective. And so I'll talk about perspective first. So my company has been through. Hard things, you know, the very first stage of funding, building something from nothing and hoping people will pay for it, uh, having key employees leave, COVID, the transition to remote work, unmet revenue goals. I mean, it's just been challenge after challenge. But if I stop looking at kind of the next big challenge for one second and look back at all of the major obstacles we've overcome, then it really reminds me that. Whatever is next, we can also overcome. Kind of a "this too shall pass" perspective, and that's really where the the second piece comes in—the perseverance piece. With perspective of what I have overcome, what my team has overcome, I have the ability to keep persevering through the next challenge. We've made it before; we'll make it again. Um, and it's really just kind of a one day at a time journey. Yeah, absolutely. And now
0: you're certainly a very successful woman. You have your own company. Uh, What advice do you have for women who want to rise the furthest in their career?
1: Yeah, so here's something that my best friend reminded me of recently. She's a woman in a strong leadership role at a global company. She and I were talking and she reminded me that I I am a CEO. I am a startup founder. I am a strong leader. But that I shouldn't put the word woman or female in front of any of those all the time. Like, I right. think we as women are very tempted to put ourselves in a box, female founder, female CEO. And I think we unknowingly handicap ourselves with that kind of talk. You know, as Sheryl Sandberg talks about, like, I think we we excuse ourselves from the table kind of because like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a female founder. There's a place where it's appropriate, like when we're talking about podcasts that focus on female and women in technology, or you're, you know, you're talking to venture capital groups that focus on female funds. There's a time to use that label, but not, I think, with our own self-talk. I mean, we're just as capable as, as our male colleagues. Really, I should say we're, we're more successful. If you look at the numbers, companies with female leadership are often more successful. Um, and we just don't need that qualifier to define our success. And even though I've been doing this for a long time, I still needed my best friend to remind me, I'm not a female founder. I am a founder. So really, you know, leaning into your own brilliance, working hard, you cannot underestimate being kind to everyone and then, you know, not limiting yourself in that female box. Career opportunities will absolutely manifest.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love what you just said. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, the next question I'd have to ask because you as a founder, uh, you're the CEO and you find your strength within yourself. To lead, but was there a time that you ever doubted yourself? I feel like we as women often do. So, how do you turn it around? How do you stop that self doubt once it starts? And um, how do you pull through to, you know, really turn it around to make it a
1: positive point? Oh my gosh, this question. I constantly struggle with this. I mean, it is, I constantly struggle with pessimism. I constantly struggle with doubting myself. So, I, you know, I feel this question. And, but, you know, over time, I have found a few things that I can do to, to try to get myself out of that really downward spiral. You know, everyone doubts themselves, but uh, when I'm doubting myself, I, I go to the source of truth, right? So one of my favorite things to do, especially as a, as a tech founder, is I will read customer testimonials about some new feature we released that they absolutely love and like remind myself that I have paying customers that really they're able to do their job better because of what we have created. I'll check in with somebody on my company board, they may be on the board of a lot of different companies. They've seen a lot of different companies and they will remind me that whatever I'm going through is totally normal. One of my favorite ones is checking in with other strong women in my life. Like they remind me who I am, that what I'm doing matters and and then they make me a cocktail. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of power in that community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and so
0: Similarly, I guess, what advice would you have for girls and young ladies who want to enter that STEM field, particularly technology or even for you, environmental science?
1: Yeah, so I could not stress more than to get a mentor, male or female, doesn't matter. Going it alone is absolutely reinventing the wheel. It will take you 60% longer to do what you're trying to do. You know, there are a lot of people out there that have a ton of institutional knowledge They're happy to pass on to the next generation. And really young people can get a major advantage in in their field of study or just kind of in their kind of business career in general by finding and committing to a mentor. And, you know, kind of alongside of that, there's so much institutional knowledge out there that we can get from books. I mean, I read a lot. I would say anyone thinking about going into technology should read Lean Startup by Eric Reese. It's really technology 101 you know, one of the many resources out there. But uh, books are good. But having someone to talk to, a mentor um, who can make introductions, who can evaluate job offers, who can, you know, talk with you about trainings and and what really matters out in the real world is really priceless.
0: You know, that's such a big topic here in the podcast about having mentors and really that support that, you'd never find anywhere else. And, and trying to navigate these waters alone, when there are so many others who have gone through before you to really help out. I think that's such a a great topic here, an important topic in the podcast, because it really is true that you need someone to just help you out and kind of
1: reinstate that positivity that that kind of pushes you along. It's yeah, so cool. absolutely. Yeah. And be an advocate for you, right? I mean, it's, it's a tough world out there. Um, and having an advocate who's been there before, who has connections and who has business experiences is vital. So I'm I'm pumped to see that you guys are, are focusing on that piece.
0: Yeah. And now what drives your ambition and inspires you to continue to grow? And I also would like to hear all of what you've done giving back with some of your nonprofits
1: as well. You know, my biggest driving ambition is feels cliché but it's totally what I do. I love being able to help people and create an environment where people are excited to go to work. I have been in work scenarios where I didn't want to go to work and we all have rough days and work is a challenge and all of that. But, you know, I have we have a couple missions here. You know, we have one mission at Transact to balance the conservation of the natural world with the needs of the built world and that's the you know that's the product that we're making here. But we also have core values here at transect that are geared towards making our team's daily work and life something that is motivating and encouraging for people so i love that we've created a company that people like to be a part of and that we're out there in the environmental space you know working towards our climate goals that's super important um but all of it really comes back to like yes we made a cool product but it's so much of it is about the people and so outside of my professional work, um, yeah, I'm, you know, you mentioned in my nice bio that I'm on the board of a couple organizations called One Isaiah 55, which is down on the border in Mexico, where I started out kind of as a summer volunteer going down there in the summer and, you know, doing construction projects and things like that. And I'm now a member of the board and just a really awesome organization that supports first the deaf community down there. And as we met that need over the years with a deaf school, we've moved to Equipping the hearing community as well. the The mission itself is in a very poor part of the city, the poor part of what is already a very poor city, Reynosa. And we are, you know, we're equipping with uh, the the community there, the kids and the adults with, you know, sewing lessons, computer lessons, guitar lessons, Bible studies for the kids, um, you know, gifts, things that um, things that make sure that they know that they are valued and that they are treasured, um, and that there are people who love them and and want to help them. So that's a big part of that organization. And similarly. I'm on the board of an organization here called For Her, which you know has a vision to to make sure that every marginalized woman in San Antonio, so this is a local nonprofit, has everything that they need to move on from trauma and move towards a life of thriving. So many women, women that we know, have suffered sexual exploitation, abuse, power-based abuse, things like this, um, and they're trying to move on with their lives. And, and it's hard, and these women have so much courage, but they need support. And so we offer classes, we offer training, We kind of work with them in the long haul where a lot of kind of immediate need nonprofits kind of stop kind of that come in like right after, like kind of as soon as a need is met. We're really in it for the long haul, kind of walking with these women um, after their trauma through their first kind of job, post-trauma through their first relationships and things like that. Wow. And I love that you're still able to give back
0: given, you know, uh, you are a very busy individual. And for you to be able to give back like that in in such a big way, I think just speaks a lot of your character.
1: Well, you know, I was on a couple of these, I kind of involved with a couple of these organizations before I really started Transact, but they really keep me grounded. You know, it's very easy as a tech CEO to really get like stuck in how do I make more money? What's the next products I need to release that kind of thing. But You know, having something bigger than myself is good for everybody. Um, You know, I also take every other Tuesday off to go deliver meals for Meals on Wheels because sometimes I just need to take a a break in the middle of the day and remind myself there's such a bigger world out there. That helps my company. That helps my company culture. That helps my team. For me as a leader, to remember that revenue is not everything. Um, There's there's a much bigger world out there, and the job is not everything either. Right? Like the job is something we do, and it's important. And you go through phases of life where it takes up much more of your time and energy and your stress, but that it will still just be a job. And when you leave this earth, you know, (laughs) you're not sitting around going, I wish I'd worked harder. So trying Mm -hmm. to keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. And now, do you have a favorite
1: quote that continues to inspire you today? I do. And this is what I say all the time. I have no idea who said it. I guess I could have Googled it and figured it out ahead of time. But my favorite quote is, The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree is today. So this, this, you can kind of take this a lot of different places. But for me, it's about how it's never too late to accept a challenge. It's never too late to start something new. It's never too late to make changes. Try not to have regrets in life, right? I should have done this 10 years ago. I should have done that. I should have. Great. So stop, you know, regretting and just just do it today. I don't know if anybody even officially said that or not, or it's just an old wives tale, but uh, that's something that keeps me going.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's perfect. I've heard something similar where it's never too late to become what you are meant to be or something like that. That's great. I love it. Okay. Now, fire questions here. Um, this is where the fun comes in. Uh, would you rather <laughs> Wonder Woman Linda Carter or Wonder Woman
1: Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. She has a totally different kind of like strength to her character. Love Linda, open the door. But uh, I love kind of the the shattered glass ceiling and kind of history making that the, that Gal has has brought to the franchise. That's great. Okay, and if you can invent one thing, what would it be? <laughs> so I've already invented my tech company, which is really cool. So I won't <laughs> say that one. Um, but if there's another thing I'd invent, I'd actually create a pool alarm system that actually works to prevent accidental drownings. Like there are pool systems out there, ah. but they're they're buggy. They like go off all the time. So you kind of don't take them seriously. So I would find a way to make one that actually works.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. And being
1: from Texas, I'm sure there are lots of pools where you live. <laughs> there are. Yes. And I have one and I'm constantly worried about kids falling into them and there, there needs to be a better way.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the last question, final question here. If you could invite one historical figure over for
1: dinner, who would it be and why? So um, my favorite historical figure is Lucille Ball. Uh, of I Love Lucy. So I just think she's awesome. I read her biography um, a few years ago. And um, I've always loved I grew up, I grew up watching the show. I mean, I've always loved her. But what I didn't realize until I read the biography is some of the amazing obstacles that she overcame. I mean, she was like, the first woman to head a tv production company she invented the idea of a live studio audience um, after she oh. and her husband desi got divorced she like bought him out and became the studio head she was pregnant on tv and wrote it into the timeline when you actually weren't allowed to say the word pregnant on tv or show wow. married couples in the same bed or anything. so you know successful actress businesswoman entrepreneur um you know comedian so i know she would be a very wise and also very hilarious dinner guest so She's my choice.
0: <laughs> wow. I just learned something about Lucille Ball. And yes. actually, my niece um, loves her as well. I know that she watches all the shows. She's 16, but she watches all the
1: shows um, and is really inspired by her. Yeah. It's a timeless series. And uh, Lucy was just such a great character and such a great woman. And I highly recommend her biography if your niece hasn't read it yet. It's very good. <laughs> oh,
0: oh well, her birthday's coming up. So oh, perfect, perfect for... <laughs> birthday present. It's really good. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time, Robin. We really appreciate you speaking with us today.
1: Yeah, I was really glad to be here. I'm really excited about your mission. Um, I love this and uh, I'm thankful that I got to be a part of it. You may find Robin on LinkedIn at Robin Lane,
0: L-A-I-N-E. Until then, keep inspiring girls and women from the classroom to the boardroom.